Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dusty windows. In some of the rooms was heavy furniture of metal, massive yet graceful. In others, nothing but the quiet dust. A great sadness and futility came upon Keniston as he went slowly around the silent streets. What did it matter, after all, that a town lost out of its time was facing death? Here a race had died, and the face of the earth was barren wilderness. Keniston was roused from his numbness by Hubble's voice. "'There's still water there, Ken. Big reservoirs of it under those tanks. So that isn't what ended them. It was something else." "'What difference does it make now what it was?' Keniston said heavily. "'It makes a difference,' Hubble said. I've been thinking. But there isn't time to talk now. The night and cold are coming." With a start, Keniston realized that the sun was sinking in the west, and that the shadow of the mighty buildings lay black upon the streets of the city. He shivered a little and led the way back to the jeep. Again its clattering roar profaned the deathly silence as they drove back to and through the portal. "'We have to get back.' Hubble was saying. They don't know yet in Middletown what they're facing. "'If we tell them of this place,' Keniston said, "'if they learn that there are no more people, that they're maybe all alone on Earth, they'll go mad with panic.'" The sun was very low, a splotch of crimson that bulked huge in the western sky as the jeep whined and lurched toward the ridge. The stars were brighter, the unfamiliar stars that had done with man. The cold became more piercing by the minute as the dusk deepened. A horror of the dying planet's gathering night gripped both men. They uttered exclamations of shaken relief when the jeep finally topped the ridge. For there ahead, incongruous on this nighted elder earth, gleamed the familiar street lights of Middletown the bright axes of Main Street and Mill Street, the fainter gridiron of the residential sections, the red neon beer signs of South Street, all shining out on the icy night of a dead world. "'I forgot about antifreeze in the jeep's radiator,' Keniston said inconsequentially. It was that cold now. The wind had the edge of a razor of ice, and even in their heavy coats they couldn't stop shivering. Hubble nodded. People have to be warned about things like that. They don't know yet how cold it will be tonight. Keniston said hopelessly. But after tonight, when the fuel and food are gone, what then? Is there any use struggling? Why, no, if you look at it that way, there's no use, Hubble said. Stop the jeep, and we'll lie down beside it and freeze to death quickly and comfortably." Keniston drove in silence for a moment, 
Then he said, You're right. It isn't completely hopeless, Hubble said. There may be other domed cities on Earth that aren't dead. People, help, companionship. But we have to hang on until we find them. That's what I've been thinking about, how to hang on." He added, as they neared the town, "'Drive to City Hall first. The barricade at the end of Jefferson Street had a leaping bonfire beside it now. The police guards, and a little knot of uniformed National Guardsmen, had been staring out into the gathering darkness. They greeted the jeep excitedly, asking eager questions, their breath steaming on the frosty air. Hubble steadily refused answers. There would be announcements soon. But the terrier-like little police captain who cleared the way through the group for them had his own questions before they left him. They're talking stuff around City Hall about the whole Earth being dead. What's there to this story about falling through time? Hubble evaded. We're not sure of anything yet. It'll take time to find out. The police captain asked shrewdly, "'What did you find out there? Any sign of life?' "'Why, yes, there's life out there,' Hubble said. "'We didn't meet any people yet, but there's life.'" Furred and furtive life, timidly searching for its scant food, Keniston thought. The last life, the poor last creatures who were the inheritors of Earth. Swept by an icy wind, South Street was as empty-looking as on a February night. But the red beer signs beckoned clamorously and the bars seemed crowded. Bundled-up children were hanging about the pond in Mill Street Park. Keniston realized the reason for their whooping excitement when he saw the thin ice that already sheeted the pond. The cold was already driving the crowd off Main Street. Yet puzzled-looking people still clotted at corners, gesturing, arguing. Hubble said suddenly. They have to be told, Ken, now. Unless they know the truth, we'll never get them to do the things that must be done. They won't believe, Keniston said. Or if they do, it'll likely start a panic. Perhaps we'll have to risk that. I'll get the mayor to make the announcement over the radio station. When Keniston started to follow Hubble out of the jeep at City Hall, the other stopped him. I won't need you right now, Ken, and I know you're worried about Carol. Go on and see she's all right." Keniston drove north through streets already almost deserted. The cold was deepening, and the green leaves of trees and shrubs hung strangely limp and lifeless. He stopped at his lodgings. His landlady's torrent of questions he answered with a reference to a forthcoming announcement that sent her hurrying to her radio. He went up to his rooms and dug out a bottle of scotch and drank off half a tumbler straight. Then he went to Carol's house. From its chimney, as from all the chimneys along the street, smoke was curling up. He found Carol and her aunt beside a fireplace blaze. "'It won't be enough,' Keniston told them. "'We'll need the furnace going, and the storm windows up.' "'In June?' wailed Mrs. Adams, shocked again by the crazy vagaries of weather. Carol came and stood before him. "'You know a lot you're not telling us, Ken. Maybe you think you're being kind to spare us, but 
I want to know." "'As soon as I get the house fixed up,' said Keniston heavily, "'I'll tell you what I can. Turn the radio on, Mrs. Adams, and keep it going.' It seemed strange to him that the end of the world meant fussing with furnace-shakers and ashes in a cold basement, hauling out storm-windows and swearing at catches that wouldn't catch. He worked outside in almost total darkness his hands stiff with the frigid chill. As though she could no longer endure the waiting, Carol came out as Keniston finished with the windows. He heard her low, startled cry, and turned, alert for any danger. But she was standing still, looking at the eastern sky. An enormous dull copper shield was rising there. The moon! But a moon many times magnified! swollen to monstrous size, its glaring craters and plains and mountain-chains frighteningly clear to the unaided eye. Keniston had a moment of vertigo, a feeling that that unnatural bulk was about to topple forward and crush them, and then Carol had him by the arms in such a painful grip that he forgot about the moon. "'What is it? What's happening?' she cried, and for the first time her voice had a shrill edge of hysteria. Mrs. Adams called from the doorway to come quickly. "'It's the mayor. He's going to make an important announcement.' Keniston followed them inside. "'Yes, an important announcement,' he thought. "'The most important ever. World's end should be announced by a voice of thunder speaking from the sky, by the trumpets of the archangels.' not by the scared, hesitating voice of Mayor Bertram Garris. Even now, politician-like, Mayor Garris tried to shift responsibility a little. He told what he had to tell, but he prefixed it by, "'Dr. Hubble and his associates are of the opinion that—' and "'It would appear from scientific evidence that—' but he told it and the silence that followed in the living-room of Mrs. Adams' comfortable house was, Keniston knew, only a part of the stunned silence that whelmed all Middletown. Later, he knew, would come the outburst. But now they could not speak. They could only look at him with terrified faces, pleading for a reassurance that he could not give. End of chapter 4 Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.